Ready? The part that we recorded oh, 10 oh. minutes ago? No, that's all there. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Was Welcome. Can I live that? No, we can't. We can. We can uh, transcribe it. <laughs> oh God! Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode twenty-two dash two, and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Every week, we bring to you some of our favorite video game music tracks. This is a week with it's not it's not a live streamed episode. There's no guests. Sentences are a little difficult to string together, but we're going to get this thing moving. We're going to make it work, and we're going to do it with caffeine and zest. Yeah, we have a lot of water. We have a lot of caffeine. I have a diet soda. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing all right. Is that Chinese food? Yeah, that's going, well, it's going to be my dinner, but I'll eat it when I get home. Okay. I ate a protein bar. There you go. There so, you go. Riding the weight. Um, so, like, I've been, what is it? I don't know. I'm I'm trying to. I've actually been getting into a little bit more game stuff lately, like because of uh, I got the review La Mulana, which as everyone knows, it's it, like it's my, like one of your favorite yeah. games ever. Uh huh. It's and La Mulana too. Yes. Yeah. So at the time this episode comes out, the La Mulana one and two will have released physically on Switch and Xbox, and I think PS4 also, and. I couldn't resist getting a physical copy of La Mulana 2 because I'm obsessed with the franchise. So I ordered it. But I also got the review code for the Xbox. So I've been playing that. And what ended up happening is that I can't... There we go. Um, I've been able to play it anew, whereas I originally played it on PC. But now I'm playing it again on Xbox. And it's interesting because as I do so, I realize that I'm not making any of the same decisions I made when I played on PC. Is that because of like you of, of your knowledge of the past playthrough? Or is it no. just like you're like, oh, I'm, I want to do this now? I don't even remember half of it. I only know because <laughs> oh, really, really? it's like small things. Yeah. So I um, so I took notes. When you play La Mulana games, you have to take notes because there's a lot of like mapping you want to do so you can know when to go back for stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I know all like about that. them notes. Oh, yeah. Uh, chicken scratch scrolling. So I, I 100%ed Fez. So you know the deal, yeah, because in fact you got to do something similar. I had to nope. write out a whole language. So like when you, when I played La Mulana on the PC, <clears throat> the yeah. second game, mm-hmm. I was taking notes like what rooms contained what, you know, come back here with this item, if what with gear-shaped item, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So um, I had those notes available, but I wasn't using them when I was playing this recent release. And, and as I started getting into the game, I started noticing weird things. Like one, I fought more bosses on this run than I fought on the previous run. Really? Which means I found bosses I didn't find the first time. Interesting. I had less weapons this time than before. Like, the last time, it turns out, based on my notes, I found at least one new weapon and a bunch of sub-weapons. In this trip, I found one more sub-weapon, one less regular weapon, (laughs) but I found more locations. It's like Are are these things randomized, or are they just... So you're, just, how, you're just discovering them. Yeah, that's, that's how so bi- that's how big the game is. It's a, yeah. it's a large game, and it's even though there's think of it like this. So there's a bunch of interconnected worlds mm-hmm. and levels, and a lot of games. The typical way that they break it out in these, it's, this isn't a Metroidvania, but I'm just going to say it because that's what people typically think of. Yeah. So in the typical Metroidvania game, uh, the idea is usually that you go to a place, 
and you can't get past a certain point without this one item, which you'll right. get over here. It's like I look over here and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I can't jump quite that high. So at some point, I'm going to have like a double jump or a super jump. So, and then that's blocking off an area to mm -hmm. a much larger area where the super jump might be used more frequently. Yes. Okay. Now, do they don't do that in La Mulana? They do, but it's not just that. So La Mulana, it it has that for preventing to get certain items and secrets. But as far as just general exploration goes, you're given access to an absurd amount of the game that you can reach just through ingenuity and like really? just fighting things. So like so there are like boss how, locks. Like how far do you want to go? And yes. then just do it. Yeah. Like there's certain bosses of scenarios like there's like doors called soul gates where you can't open the door unless you've beaten a certain number of bosses. So those will be ways to kind of just like wall gate you in general. But for the most part, there will be areas you can just stroll into. And then you're like, now that I'm here, what the heck do I do? And you're exploring it, and you'll mm -hmm. find a few things here and there. You'll solve a few quickie puzzles. And then you're like, now what? And what happens in the way they design the game, which is I think is both awesome and part of what makes it so difficult, is that they design these games so that there eventually becomes a point where there are clues and hints and items that would tie in together strewn all over all the world. And then eventually you're like, okay, based on the notes I took, in the Tomb of the Frost Giants, I found a green crown. I have to take that green crown back to this location where so long as I have the cog of time, I can put the crown atop the cog of time, spin the cog counterclockwise, turn time back three hours in this location, then the world turns blue. At that point, it's a good thing because now that the world is blue, I can go to the Grave of the Dead. I want to play this game now. The Grave of the Dead now. allows me to do these things. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden, you start twerking the world in weird ways, and now you start finding like, wait a minute. This is a whole area I never found because the game was waiting for me to solve this multi-region linked up puzzle that now opens the door for me to do crazy stuff. And it just feels amazing to explore. Like when you figure something out, it feels amazing. Like if I play, I mean, I'm going to say it's because well, it sounds like it's not, it's not totally spelled out. Like oh, it's, it's not, not. Like written. Like, like, so when you figure it out, like you feel that much smarter for oh it, right? yeah. god yes and admittedly that's also part of why a lot of people like will get frustrated or they'll say sure. why isn't this easier better different and it's because it couldn't work is, any other way is there a ps4 it will be next week i think i might be well, playing this. this week as of this episode release anyway because i'm going to be doing a half and half self-quarantine situation because of my office and the age of the people that i work with ah I'm trying to reduce exposure so, so are you I'm, doing it more so to keep yourself from passing the bug or to keep from getting it from others? Passing it. And maybe getting it. There's a lot of weird traveling happening because of the industry that I'm in. Um, but that means I might have more time for games. Well, there you go. Honestly, <laughs> it'd be interesting to hear someone else's take on it because I, I only uh, have it's, one. It sounds really interesting. If you were to describe that to Christy, she'd be like super into it. It's I, I adore these mm -hmm. games. And yeah. they're, they're, like, I think I mentioned, I mentioned this on the review proper, mm -hmm. but it, the thing about this game that kind of gives an impression of like how ridiculous they made it. So the original La Mulana was designed back in the early 2000s, and it was meant to replicate... That far ago? Oh, yeah. Wow. It was meant to replicate an old MSX game. Oh. Like that style of game. Oh, it's supposed to look like an old MSX game. Mm, look and play like one. And the game was so... MSX is a uh, Japanese computer system, like how we had... Uh, IBM's, mm -hmm. they had the MSX. And there are actually like joke references to it too, like the computer you oh, really? use and the computer, and the, actually it's funny, I didn't even realize this until now, but uh, 
you get a laptop in the game and you run software on it game applications you run on it and the laptop is called um the mobile super x <laughs> which MSX. which is the msx the mobile super oh, that's kind of cool so like this game was so non-linear with clues that were so open to interpretation that it actually took a group of people communicating together on a forum to work <laughs> together to solve the puzzles in yeah. the game. So then the remake was made in 2013. Okay. And that was the one that I originally got a chance to wow, play. years later. Many years, yeah. Because um, it developed like a, 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 you know, a, a cult following, whatever. Uh, and that's when you got into it. That's when I got into it. I was recovering from my gallbladder surgery and I was just at home playing that game. I was obsessed with it. But that first playthrough... I like just like with La Mulana 2 now. I played, was finding all this cool stuff, getting excited, and then hit a point where I was like, what the heck do I do now? I've done everything I'm supposed to do and I'm stuck. And it turns out that's when the real puzzle solving started. I had to get down to dirty, look at my notes. Oh, I got to squat between two jars in this room in this location. <laughs> what happens? Oh, crap. Now the entire world flipped upside down and I got to walk around. Wow. The whole game changed. Like, it's, it, it was, it was heavy, man. It was heavy. But it's, it's not for the faint of heart, but if you're open for that challenge, it's worth your time. And keep in mind, of course, for those who are like, but this is too much. The game has been solved, quote unquote. So if you ever just genuinely quit, you can find. You can find answers. So yeah, they're out there. But I think the fun is got, getting as far as you can get. It's before. got me interested. Um, I've been really into puzzles lately. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, my wife, my wife, Christy has been getting into a lot of mobile uh, puzzle games. Mm-hmm. First, it was like jigsaw puzzle stuff. And last last year, the year before that, she was doing those like uh, find them puzzles, you know, the, the, those silly... Find the like, objects. Find the object stuff. And those get really bizarre with like stories and stuff. But then she started playing this one game and she's like, wow, this game is amazing. It's like Sudoku, but it's not. She's playing Pick, pick Cross. Oh, Pick Cross is great. There's so many different Pick Cross games mm-hmm. on mobile. I've never played them one before. I've I just been... got a Pick Cross game where it's, oh, it's called Murder by Numbers. Oh, yeah. It's basically <laughs> the music is done by the guy who did the music for Phoenix Wright, the Phoenix Wright games. Oh, no kidding. And you are, um, I want to say you're a detective working in like a Hollywood-esque environment, ah. working together with a robot to solve murders. And all the evidence and all that stuff is Pick Cross puzzles. Oh, it is fun, man. I've never played them before until now. And so I started playing that, and then consequently, right at the exact same time, um, someone on my um, Facebook list, uh, Daya, mm-hmm. D-Y-A, he's a chiptune artist, an amazing chiptune artist, and he was like, hey, you know, Konami just released, released one called uh, Pixel Puzzle. Oh, okay. And it, what it is, it's a whole bunch of classic, like super classic Konami games, mm-hmm. uh, pictures up from those games with like classic music and arrangements like playing in the background. It's amazing. It's so, so good. And then like every once in a while you get like a mini boss and it's like a hard stage. Mm. Um, so I've been playing a lot of Pick Cross uh, recently. Yeah, pick, there's so many Pick Cross games out there too. So like, no shame. I'm behind. I'm loving my puzzles again. Like I'm real, I love Sudoku. I'm, I'm a, I was obsessed with Sudoku. You were like in tournaments at one yeah, point. Yeah, I was, and that's when I realized like I don't like to compete. <laughs> I just want to play. But like, yeah, if I'm especially if I'm traveling, like I play a lot of Sudoku, and now I'm like Picross is my jam now. I love it. I play Picross, Pixel Links. I'm a big fan of Pixel Links, mm. and um, just like I said, things like Lama Luana. I like solving exploration puzzles. Um, I've been playing Mystic Veil, vale, which actually I guess that review will come out this that's week. That's the card too. game. Yeah, there's a digital version that's coming oh, out this, okay. yeah, well, this week. Because the fun thing about the card game is that the cards actually like kind of overlay each other. Yeah, and while yeah. I'll admit that the video game clearly loses something 
in translation, but I've said that about most board games. It's to true. Video yeah, I've reviewed. Yeah. Half of the half of the fun of the board game is like moving the things around and like planning and plotting and And in the case of Mystic Veil, a lot of the fun is seeing all the cards on the table, picking it up and actually slotting it into the card. Yeah. And then when you're reshuffling and putting the cards down and feeling that card you're turning, it's like this is a thick card. That means some stuff in here. And you <laughs> yeah. it's like, Yeah, my power card. Like it loses that. Mm. But as an alternative to buying a more expensive physical game yeah, and as a means to play a game when you don't have multiplayer available to you typically, it's still good. It's a great implementation. It's just if I had to choose, if I had the choice between playing a physical version with friends mm-hmm. and playing this digital version with friends, I'd take the physical any day of the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like um, we, were, we played Scythe. That game is enormous. Mm-hmm. There were so many choices and decisions to make. And you and me and Christy, we were like fighting hardcore. We just learned the game. We were just, we were already like at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. I can't, like, I could see that game being a video game super easily, easily, but I wouldn't want it. Yeah, it wouldn't be nearly as enjoyable because I, instead of actually looking, as he leaning forward, looking over the board, instead you're just moving a mm-hmm. cursor to scroll around the board. Yeah. Instead but, of feeling the giant mech going on the board, it's like, okay, the computer just plop them down for you like it's yeah sitting next to you and my wife and like talking to each other and laughing and like strategizing and and like as you're making a move i'm like oh 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 uh, that's it. <laughs> what do you smile about and then i'll say something if on a video game I love you that. can't i love that you can't in a video you can't have that experience where you're like putting the piece down and as you're doing it you kind of catch somebody at the corner of your eye like smiling because they know you're making they know that you're making the move that benefits them yeah you're like wait no and yeah, you bring yeah. your hand back you're like There's yeah, no, i'm not doing that now you can't do like poker face you know you can't be like okay i have to maintain composure while they're making a horrible mistake without realizing it yeah like, i love that about board games I keep thinking like, we could do like a whole board game podcast because we play so much. Honestly, yeah, I agree. Um, but we could also do like live streaming video games. There's just so much we could do if we just had time. more time. And I knew how to edit our, anything. Just quit our jobs and just do this. If it could pay my bills, I would do it. Oh, if you want to pay our bills, um, email us at rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And tell us what some of our yearly <laughs> salaries you'd be willing to pay because... Man, if we were like 20 years younger... This is what we'd be doing. Oh, yeah. This is what we'd be doing all the time. There's a part of me that would feel almost scared about that, too, because I could picture myself playing a board game against you or something, and it's had, like, 20, like, 50 people writing in. It's like, that was the dumbest move. If I was playing that game, I'd have moved the piece Uh, counterclockwise. But the internet we had when we were... As Trump, I would have been able to do that. No, we couldn't. We would have gotten emails, and we could have just deleted those if it got so bad. But, uh, But we couldn't have done anything. With the internet that we had, I was I, streaming wasn't a thing back then. That's no, sure. I think all, all of my internet came from my Dreamcast. <laughs> I think I was—I didn't have a computer. <laughs> it was just my Dreamcast. No, think about I. Oh wow, yeah, that browser was rough too. I know it worked, but it was rough. It worked. I connected to Earthlink. Remember Earthlink. <laughs> Earthlink. Okay, we should probably like get started on our. Uh, this is turning like last week. I love how this is. This this could have been the pre the the Patreon preamble, but at the same time, oh, you got your that's own. a little bit of column, a little bit of column. You got your own preamble about our about our neighborhood. We talk, so anyway, we uh, if a Patreon. If you're a Patreon member, Patreon.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels, you get a prequel episode the day before these episodes are released, so they're on they'll be released on Tuesdays. And it's just uh, you and me catching up, or with a, with a guest, mm-hmm. like hanging out and like sort of like mincing, uh, mincing the the chicken, or <laughs> splashing the paint, or <laughs> surfing the curl. All of these things sound horrible. Tubing the tubing the goo. 
Um, we're like, we're just like getting, it's like, just, it's like, you, sometimes you can't just turn it on and start talking. You have to like start talking and then turn it on. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing. There's a, there's a whole series. Uh, there's a, I said we were going to start the show, but I'm not going to. Damn. There's a whole thing. Uh, there's a whole, uh, um, a network of podcasts called Earwolf. Okay. And it's, um, it's a lot of like stand-up acts. A lot of like stand-up comics and stuff doing their own thing. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of really famous, really, really popular podcasts on Earwolf. And what they like to do is they like to do a cold open okay. where they just turn the microphones on halfway through them talking. That's a smart way to go. And then they actually ended dialogue. And then they actually introduce the show like five or ten minutes in. That's a good way to do it. It's good. You get a lot of the candid dialogue. Yeah. Perfect how it is with us too, because I'm not really thinking. Yeah, about. I'm just like ramble tamble. It's kind of a gimmick though that they're that they're going to do. So I would never want to do it here. But every once in a while, like I kind of like to leave stuff in, just because it's like, hey, we're having fun. And, oh yeah. And if you if you turn it in, it's like, hey, you're hanging out with us too, because you are hanging out with us too. That's right. And maybe 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 like you're home for a while and you need some like company. Like we're here. You even get to hear about those things like the occasional normal life things, like you know, burning the quiche. Or yeah. slipping on the floor while mopping. Right. Or right. my dog or, chewing up my homework. Exactly. Yeah. All these all, all these nifty <laughs> things. Human human things. Alright, so I asked you this morning, what is our topic again? And you said Super fund. Super fund. Yes. Like a a, a very large funding of something. But that's not what you thought. Oh I was thinking government. No, you weren't. I did. I did. And guess what? You lied! It's an even-numbered episode. You I'm, lied earlier! My first track is... Well, some of it is. My first track <laughs> <laughs> is from SimCity for the Super Nintendo. And this is the budgeting theme. As you're budgeting your cleanup and also of your we, city. And when we come back in... Oh, we're going to talk about that because you're just trying to sneak by. Yeah, you do that. You no, picked SimCity. This is the first track I picked today. I know, but come that on. description is it, not super is fun. composed by Soyo Oka... Mm-hmm. You know, that Soyoka, that's my girl. You know, that's my girl. S- Soybean Oka. We got it. Soybean Oka. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm ready to come back. Mario Kart? Come on. Mm-hmm. Pilot Wings? Come on. That ain't super fun. We'll talk about it come when on. we come back. All right, After these messages, let's talk about super fun. It's the budgeting theme from SimCity. This is the budget theme from SimCity for the Super Nintendo, composed by Soya Oka. All right. This is a very chill. I love this track. Um, let me just talk about this music, Pernell. This music. Music. Yeah, talk about the music room. I mean, you can talk about the video game. Oh, no, no. We'll, we'll talk about the music because right, we got to so, go down this rabbit. 
You play SimCity. You start the game out with a set amount of money. Yes. Money. Right. <laughs> and you're spending it on... Things. Building. Resi- residential areas. Commercial areas. Industrial areas. Yes. But then you start needing things like fire department, police department. Uh-huh. And then Social so services. Every year, you have to look at your budget. And Budgeting! And you think, what are my taxes? How much so money taxes. am I going to earn? Make that bank. So that I can fund... Fun stuff! My airport. Airports for so flying things. fund my police department. Or, or crime stopping. So I can fund my bulldozer to take or out... crime stopping. Half my residential area. Crime because stopping. I've chosen them to die. As <laughs> a tyrant mayor would. I like... When I make... When I play some city, I like to make a big city, right? But then I take one residential area and I put it way out in the woods and I don't put like a street to it. And that's it just where, runs itself. And that's where the hill people live. <laughs> that's where the hills have eyes takes place <laughs> yeah, and Rob's bird. That's where I keep all the crazies. So Rob tends to make one horror movie sp- <laughs> location for every SimCity town he creates. And then I um, and, no. and then I like to take, like, eventually I'll take one road and I'll, I'll move it back. I played this a whole lot last year. I had this one day at work where like things were broken and I was on customer support to like four or five in the morning and I was, I was on hold forever. Mm-hmm. So I was playing SimCity through uh, archive, the internet archive. Uh-huh. I shouldn't have been, but... Hey, sometimes you, you gotta do things while you're like waiting. SimCity's a lot easier to play, like, kind of absentmindedly. Yeah, and you can always stop the and clock. And I come back, and I'm like, oh, crap, everything's exploding. <laughs> Tornadoes and diamonds. Wait, was Godzilla exclusive to Super Nintendo, I wonder? I don't ooh, know. I, ooh, wasn't it Danky Kang? Was no. Danky Kang doing no. it? No, you're definitely not taking me off on that tangent. I know, SimCity... Uh, I have another tangent to go on. SimCity 2000 was a UFO. Anyway, this is my super fund. All right, so... No. <laughs> so, you can't tell me no. This is part of the... I love when this happens. So, so what, what I proposed the topic super fun and just kind of assumed for some reason. I do this that, that Rob like, knows I'm, what I'm talking that, about. like I'm in your head. Yeah, but super fun. <laughs> is this is both for Rob and also for the listeners. Brunel, I'm not a mind reader. No one is. <laughs> I try to be, but I keep... I keep getting into trouble. Um, <laughs> super fun, and this isn't even one-to-one, but it's pretty close. It is. Ref- it refers to a government funding groom, gro- government funding source that was created with sp- express intent in the late 80s, early 90s of cleaning up toxic waste and hazardous waste okay. spill areas. Mm-hmm. So, for example... I guess the Exxon Valdez thing could have been considered something related to like if it was done on land, more particularly, I would wager that could have been a super fun site okay. because now we're going to spend X amount of do- X billion thousands of dollars to send a team in to over the course of many months. This is a really specific topic, for now. Well, <laughs> this is really. I have reasons really for why I chose the topic, which my first track will clear will definitely clarify. Okay, for you know what? I want to hear it. I want to know this because like. And the funny part is I actually had an expectation or belief that was going to happen, but it didn't happen. But it doesn't matter because it's still awesome. Oh, wait, you expecting me to pick a different song? A very specific song I was thinking he was going to choose. So, mm. nope. It, you, might, it might still be on my list. No, it's not. Don't add it. Okay. Don't, don't try to cheat. I, w- I won't cheat. No, my, my list is solid. My there list is. is written in stone. And that's going to make it part of the humor because I want to know what these other songs are that have nothing to do with super fun. You are going to enjoy them. <laughs> okay. So my first track 
is from Sonic Generations. Sonic Generations? That's right. And it is not the track that everyone has been saying, why have you not played it on the show before? Who's saying But it is. A lot of people have made this claim. (laughs) Um, But I'm playing something very close to that. And that is the Chemical Plant Zone modern theme composed by Jun Sanoe. Okay, okay, okay. You are listening to the Chemical Plant Zone modern theme from the game Sonic Generations, composed by Jin Sanoe. So, it's no mystery that I absolutely adore Sonic Generations, and I genuinely wish Sega would get off their butts and make a Sonic Generations 2. It just makes sense. Sonic Mania, Sonic Mania should have been Sonic Generations 2. Sonic Mania was a lot of fun. Yes, it was, but it would have been better... If the levels in that game were Sonic Classic stages, and then there were modern versions, just like Generations did. Oh, like mix them up? Yeah. Yeah, No, no, it wasn't even mix them up. It would just be one for both. Because the way Sonic Generations did it was every world had a modern variant and a classic variant. So the Mm -hmm. intent being to kind of give you both play styles that people had come familiar with, and unintentionally kind of have you choose or realize what you like or prefer and what I came to realize from that game was that I actually realized that I prefer the modern style which is the behind the back running stuff hmm. to the actual 2D platforming of Sonic interesting. which is something I didn't expect because I was also kind of in the boat of oh man 2D Sonic would be great right now but then when I finally go I was like you know I like the modern stuff more so two things one I adore this track so much that I ended up mastering this stage. Like, I was speedrunning this level. Because <laughs> this is the modern theme. So this is the modern, like, behind the back, like, running. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, now, go I, on. I, I, I have wh- some criticisms, but oh, keep going. Of course. Yeah. I get that a lot of things that people dislike about the modern style is that it sometimes feels like you're just holding a button to go it, very fast, and it, you blast through stuff. It's kind of like on, it's kind of on rails. It's almost... To me, it feels like um, like an endless runner, and where can, it's like you're just kind of timing your jumps. And I can kind of see that, which is fine. I mean, these are fun too. But here's but here's the weirdness about it. So, it to me it really ties back into what I think of the character design of Sonic the Hedgehog. So, all the original games, Sonic was this very fast rodent, yeah, 
thing. I don't know. I'm he was faster than Mario. He was cooler than Mario. Cooler than Mario. He was bluer than Mario. Bluer than Mario. He's spikier than Mario. He was just in every way. He was Mario more than Mario. More than Mario. Except for when it came to power-ups. Mario never touch Mario on power-ups. Never. Not even the shields could do it. Anyway, no. back on. No, could not. That fire, <laughs> fire shield Mar- uh, in Sonic 3. It was. Don't get me wrong. I like the shields. It's cool. But I'll always prefer Mario Brothers power-ups when he to goes, the shields. When he goes Super Saiyan, when he get all of those like Chaos that, Emeralds. That's cool, but it's also just that's cool. blowing through stuff. Just like what people say about this. It's like now you're just holding forward because nothing is an obstacle anymore. You're super. Uh, pits are obstacles. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they're in Sonic Generation. They're, they're in the modern games, too. But... Oh, I'm getting sidetracked. You're, you're doing it. You're tangenting. I'm, I'm, uh, enjoy- I'm enjoying myself. You're good. <laughs> so, like, the idea is that uh, Sonic is meant to be fast, blow through stuff. And in my opinion, what I end up liking about the modern ones is it bec- when they get the controls right anyway, which I think Generations nailed compared to some of the older games, is that it focuses more on reactions, speed, and, like, timing of things. So while it may feel like an in this runner in some respects, mm-hmm. you do have agency of control. Like you're trying to collect stuff as you're running. You're hitting enemies at the right time. You're finding shortcuts and making moves, and you're making trying to make the best times as well. It definitely encapsulates the idea that you're trying to be you're utilizing Sonic for his characteristic of speed to the fullest. It Whereas worked. a lot of the old platformer games, though I admit I get that it was technical and it was kind of also by design. Yeah, but it wasn't they're like they're hindering you. Like, yeah, they're, like, you're you're running to a point. Yeah, yeah. In both games you're running to a point. There's like fast. There's, there's sections that are fast, but but most. But of the, they're like set pieces, though. Yeah. It's like, hey, Sonic, on the Green Hill Zone, you're like, okay, run. The first level they kind of give you a lot. You can kind of go nuts there if you want. But the yeah. later levels you're like, okay, well, slow down. You, you know gotta the, jump the, this pit. The, the Chemical Plant Zone is a really good example of that in Sonic 2 because it's like you're kind of running around and suddenly like, okay, now here's a spring. It's, it's pushing you forward super super fast, but then a lot of the times, like you're underwater and you're you're you're, you're platforming your way around. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, yeah. I like I get playing that. all of it. Like you know, both classic and modern are fun. That's a good argument. I'm not sold, <laughs> but I think that's a really good argument. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. just it's one of these where it's like everyone everyone has a preference. Like don't get me wrong. Like I would never say you don't like modern over classic. You're insane. That would be stupid yeah, to say. I, I'll just say I don't like a lot of modern. <laughs> but oh, yeah. That's just that's just me. I would say honestly, I would even load it to you if I knew you would play it. But I just realized you don't have a 360. We get to come on our mouse to play it. But uh, you should try Generation, as in specifically that. I, game. I've I've watched a lot of Generations, so maybe I would like it. Generation X, Y, what? I mean, I've watched a lot of Sonic Generations playthrough on on YouTube. I watch a lot of playthroughs per now. Oh, I don't play games anymore. <laughs> I, I just play throughs. I just watch them. I play throughs. All right, so how about a classic game for now? How about a classic game that I've played a lot? Where's the super fun? Okay, so again, not so sure about the topic. <laughs> In my mind, I was thinking pay to win. Pay to win. That sounds super fun. That sounds like funding something to win. You need a super fund. You're paying to win. So I was like, mobile game? No. You know what you pay to win? Yojimbo from Final Fantasy X. Interesting choice. Because that's the only, not the only way, but it's like the only way I could beat a lot of like the Dark Aeons. Isn't that the only way you can get him to? Yojimbo? You have to pay him to join you You have to pay him to join you and you have to pay him to fight for you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't use him at all, you have to pay him a lot of money to do things for you. What do you mean? You don't use him at all. I'll explain this later. All right. But... 
Brunel. I'll explain on the way. No time. <laughs> no time now. <laughs> There's no time to explain. Um, so this is called the, uh, A Contest of Aeons from the Final Fantasy X HD remaster composed by Junya Nakano. So this is when um, you find Yuna's master and you have to fight her Aeon to Aeon. So it's like we start fighting dark Aeons? Um, not necessarily. Throughout the game proper, you fight like just Aeon to Aeon to earn like more items or to just progress through the game. It's kind of like a monster fight. But that was something you only added for the remaster version. No, it's in the original too. Yeah, my memory is shot. Um, yeah, there is, but there, there's, there's some additional content mm-hmm. with some of the hidden Aeons from the first game. The dark Aeons are just there for just, just hating be, yourself. Just to be hating yourself, yeah. But I can talk about that as we go on. But this is a contest of Aeons from Final Fantasy X HD Remaster. Why does that have to be the official name of the game? I want you to know it was remastered. I dub. Got that super fun. This is yeah. This is Yojimbo is your super fun. He <laughs> cleans up all of the monsters if you just give him enough money. That's right. This is a contest of aeons, the summoned beast battle from Final Fantasy X. This is the HD remaster version, and it's composed by Junya Nakano. This is a wonderful tune, actually. I'm actually sad that I don't remember from the game. That means I haven't played Final Fantasy X. Well, this sounds really, this, this does sound really different from, from the original, original X, so maybe that's probably why you don't recognize it. Oh, okay. But you only encounter this, like, maybe in the game proper, maybe two or three times. If you start to go for um, the hidden Aeons, which would be Anima and Yojimbo 
I definitely went for Anima. I did get Anima before I was done. Okay, then you then then you then, oh, oh, in fact you, when I stopped, I was going for where Yojimbo is. You know, okay, yeah, then that would have been a lot easier if you went way after in the end. But um, uh, the Magus sisters, did you do the did you do the Bug sisters? I did. Okay, then you would have done this, um, many times because you have to fight. You have to fight. They were actually one of my favorite hidden bosses in a Final Fantasy game in a long time. They're really cool. So. At the very, very end of Final Fantasy X, in the European version, and then what they brought over in the HD remaster, uh -huh. is the Dark Aeons. So the idea is, is at the very, very end of Final Fantasy X, you've killed, you've essentially killed God. Uh -huh. Yuna has trained her whole life to sacrifice herself to stop Sin from destroying the world yes. over and over and over again. Um, and then... Of course, then Titus or Titus comes in and is like, hey, <laughs> come on, let's do our own thing. And they think there has to be a better way. Mm -hmm. So instead of sacrificing herself, she kills the god, and suddenly Sin is just going to run rampant and destroy the world. Mm -hmm. But of course, we know that there's a whole thing with Titus and who Sin is. And you know The reality too. of it, yeah. The reality of it. So this is the end of the game. I'm sorry. There's a little bit of spoilers here, but not really because the game is so old. Enjoy it. Yeah, spoiler. The statute of limitations so, on spoilers are over. So if you think about it, the entire world is hyper-religious because of the fear of Sin destroying them, right? Uh-huh. All around the the the, um, uh, the religion of Yevon. So is the whole concept of the dark Evan or dark AI is actually like them trying to punish her for going against the grain? Yes, what that's actually really cool. What they're doing is they've summoned their own aeons to fight her, the summoner. So they're like they're the dark aeons. So when you go back to revisit the uh, the temples, mm -hmm. they're protecting the temples. Oh, cool! And there's a lot of hidden items you need to get like the bonus content uh -huh. that are if you don't know it, are suddenly blocked by these these aeons. So if you try to like go into these these other areas like and backtrack, suddenly They're waiting for you. Suddenly like these these uh these these whole these whole cutscenes open up of these people coming out and being like, You, you're a traitor and they fight you and it's crazy hard. That sounds awesome to me. So for me, the way to do it is Yojimbo. You give him enough money. You take care of everything. He has this one move that it doesn't matter what the boss is in the game any boss in the game even like the even, and he kills bosses with it he kills everything one shot the head comes clean off even so that seems like it just breaks it but is it that much money i guess is why it still doesn't quite break it so this is one of the things in final fantasy this is, this is such a final fantasy thing to do where there's a hidden there's all these hidden variables in the system of yojimbo's um his what do you call it? His relationship status to Yuna, mm -hmm. how often you use him. If you bring him out and you don't fight, you'll lose points. If you bring him out and you don't give him enough money and he gets hit, you'll lose points. If you bring him out and he gets killed, like come, you, you summon monsters just to absorb hits. Yeah. If you do that to Yojimbo, he hates you for it and you lose points. Whoa. But if you use him and kill things, eventually it's a lot cheaper. Oh, so he gets to give you discounts. You start to be like, oh, okay, give him like maybe 20,000. And he'll do the move for you. So basically, you can just run rampant over all the dark eons just with him. I did that a couple times. I had to. Wow. It's yeah. So yeah, you just bring him out and you're like, "Yo, Jimbo, pay to win." <laughs> Literally, pay to win. Yeah, that that's the joke with Final Fantasy X. After a point, it's just pay to win. <laughs> you just give him money and like he just cleans up the game for pay you. Pay to win before it was actually a thing. Yeah. Because that game came out before Pay to Win was a concept. <sighs> okay, I'm, I think I'm done talking about Final Fantasy X on the podcast forever. <laughs>
two weeks from now. I have so to be. Final Fantasy Ten, guys. No, Blitzball stops me. I'm done. I'm not. So Final I'm Fantasy Ten, these things called shoe puffs, right? And you ride them. <laughs> I love sometimes. shoe puffs. Shut your mouth, about shoe <laughs> I I love. I uh, I'm not going to dodge lightning bolts. I am not going to play Blitzball. Yeah, you will. I'm done. Next anniversary, you guys are going to be on that couch <laughs> playing Blitzball. <laughs> Just like you do every year. No, she wouldn't watch me. She was, she was not into Blitzball. Aww. She couldn't do it. She's like, Rob, you do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Maybe she has a breaking point. Like, none of this crap. None of that stuff. Um, yeah, it was, it was too too uh, too boring, too, too, traumatic. too monotonous. It's too just, traumatic. It's just monotonous. It's just monotonous. The trauma. Once you, once you get the hang of it. It's I can see traumatic. why people enjoyed it, though, right? Yeah, I mean. I can see why people enjoy, you know, scrubbing paint off the floor. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean I want to do it. Okay, is it super fun? Massive amounts of money to I'm, clean I'm, up I'm, monsters? I'm going to chuckle at the fact that this is a pretty interesting choice for the word super fun. So I'm not, I can't hate that. I can't hate that. Okay. All right. I, so, I got to dig that. All right. So what's your, what's, your next, what's your next theme for super fun? I'm going to take a reach here because um, I'd rather play this track from the same game. And I really was going to play the one I didn't want to play so much. Is it the Toxic Avengers for the no. NES? No, I, I have to do this. I got, <laughs> I got to be legit. I got to be authentic. I'll play the other track another time. Okay, so, all right. All right. I, I got to know what the other one is now. This track comes from the game Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Oh, okay. And it is called, I mean, it doesn't really have a true name because the OST didn't have named tracks. Right. It's like stage or whatever or something, right? Yeah. But this track originally plays on the level, the rig- first plays on the level called Weird Kids on the Block, which is like stage five or something. And it's composed by Joe McDermott. Those who are familiar with this game may realize that this is not Weird Kids on the Block. This is actually Pyramid of Fear from the game Zombies Ate My Neighbors, composed by Joe McDermott. A few notes about this. The reason why we didn't pick Weird Kids on the Block is because it was already chosen on a previous episode, and Rob's masterful ear caught it. Yeah, I couldn't believe that I remembered it. It was from two years ago. We had Viking Guitar that was on, on the show. That was a good episode. And they too. were... 
think they were only here for so long. We had like a we had actually. Maybe was there for the whole episode. I think. Oh, I'm gonna be thinking of someone else. No, 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 no. It was not because we we had them on twice. We had them on one time, and we ended up chatting with them for so long uh-huh. that we never actually started the episode. <laughs> so, th- so if you're a Patreon member. Um, and if you search through the Patreon exclusive content, there's actually an episode, like a bonus episode on Patreon where we're just hanging out with them. Really? Just talking, yeah. From that long ago? Yeah. I didn't realize we were even doing the pre game episodes back then. Well, we didn't mean to. Oh, but you had it already. Because like- we were going to record. We were waiting for somebody else. I think it was their drummer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we were just hanging out and talking for so long, and we were having such a good time. No, in that case, it wouldn't have been him because he is, Spike and Carr just one guy. Well, there was a bunch of them together. I remember. Maybe he came up with like Mega Beardo or something. Yeah, there's a there's a, a few of them together. Unless I'm thinking of another band, we'll figure it out. But okay. I got a feeling you're thinking of another uh, band. But the second thing, <laughs> the second thing is that earlier I made a comment about I was going to pick a different track, but I wanted to stick with the theme. What was the this other track? This is the better track. Oh, this is the better track. I wanted to pick this track because this is probably my favorite track in the game, along with the Chainsaw. I like maze. it. I like this way more than that other one. Like, I the other do one's too. Like, it's like a fun, like scary track. It's very atmospheric. Oh, yeah. This is like. Oh, this is one of like I said. This and this the is Chainsaw fun, are the best tracks in the game, this is hands good. down. This is a lot like. Um, it reminds me of like the Munsters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like fun, fun horror movie. Yeah, it's. I like that. And then the last bit. This game is the reason why I know what Superfund even is. Oh. So, I chose the track Weird Kids on the Block because that theme is what plays on stage 43 of the game called Superfund Cleanup Site. I had no idea what Superfund was, so I'm like, what the heck is a Superfund Cleanup Site? So, of course, back then, that inspired me to learn about Superfunds, and also, at the time, I was getting into environmental science, so it was very convenient <laughs> that that's what it referred to. Because it was very tied together nicely with my career path at the time. Hmm. But um, this level involves... Oh, environmental were, science. Environmental science. Right. Yep. So the super fun cleanup site stage. Typical stage looking for your neighbors, teachers, babies, archaeologists. You know the word. But the monster variety here is annoying as heck. You've got the fishmen, which are annoying for those who are familiar with the game. Because, you know, they swim through water, jump out of the water, land, and immediately swipe you. And they can kill the inner tubers. They're the only monster in the game that oh, can kill inner tubers. The innocent, the innocent bystanders who are in inner tubes in the water. Yep, they'll yep. take them under the tube and kill them. Um, now, also, my only experience with this game is playing with you. And you means, didn't like it very much back well, then. No. Which makes <laughs> me sad. It's still like one of my favorite co-op games ever made. You're like, this game is not fun. This is, it's another co-op game where it's just you shouting at me. That is true. That's how this game is designed. Like, you get to a point where you have to play, like, look up some Let's Plays. In fact, look up the Let's Play no, of someone know, playing this stage. Like, it's not just you shouting at me. It's you shouting at me, follow me, go this way. Follow me, go this way. I'm <laughs> Don't like, go over there. I'm not playing a game anymore. This is just like, this game is a keep prime up ex- with Purnell and try not to die. That's This is a prime <laughs> example of a game that deserves like a, some form of remake where they actually allow you to not be on the same screen together. Uh, yeah. That was why that Split game had that problem. I like, had like the gauntlet thing going on where you're sort of like, you can kind of pull each other in other directions. But eventually it would stop. Like some it, games, yeah. they'll, they'll pan the camera out, but this game didn't even have that. It was just, here's the screen. If you find yourself, like, say, up in the upper left corner behind a bush and the other guy's down at the bottom, now you got to move so the guy at the top can maneuver around the bush to get out unless he wants to go the other way. And now you're fighting while a guy with a chainsaw is running after you. Or. A jelly slime toxic monster is dropping goo on you. And the game is quote unquote cooperative. There ain't no co-op in this. There's no co-op in this. It's all about it's like demands. I want I want the I wanna I want more points. I wanna win. 
hurry up over here, the teacher, but the baby, the there's baby. A, there's a lot of board games like that where it's like it's kind of cooperative, but in the end, it's like no, I want to win. No, I want more points than you. <laughs> I just, no, I like those. I games. like those games. Was I don't? That's why I honestly kind of prefer that style to the full co-op. Specifically because with full co-op games, unless you have that kind of relationship socially, yeah. it always is up with that one person kind of running the game. Yeah, like I've I've had a really like, with, with I've had a really good time playing um, Pandemic, and um, what's the other one? Um, um, uh, Forbidden Desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel like we we have a good team. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. I say like I would say the best types of co-op games, which I have to figure out more of those to play with you. Though Forbidden Desert kind of fits that mold. Mm. It's a co-op game where you are collectively working together, but the things you can do are so specific yeah. to you that it is almost impossible for anyone else to tell you what to do. Yeah, it's it's, it's like oh I'm I'm stuck here, and then someone's like oh it's I can fix that. Like Pandemic has a very similar structure where it's like. Oh, I want to figure this out, and it's like on my turn, I can do that. And so then everyone feels like they like they actually have a superpower. That's why they gotta play Spirit Island. I have that game around at home. Oh, we should get into that. Spirit Island's great. You're you're taking you're killing colonists, or, or correction, <laughs> you're scaring colonists off the island as deities that have lived on the island for generations. Oh, trying to like keep them off of your your land. I like mm-hmm. that. But each deity or deity, how you want to pronounce it, uh, controls a different like power or element. So you function best in certain conditions. So, like, I might be good on the coastline, which means someone inland can't say, Pernell, go take those guys. I'm like, well, that's not how I operate. So I if bet best, if you can scare them to me, See, I'll work through again, them. Again, it's, it's dividing those those powers so that everyone has to do it together. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really good. It's a fantastic, one of the best co-op games I ever made. All right. So, okay, my last track is coming from the game Moonlighter. Ooh. Moonlighter, Pernell. Super fun. Yeah, you're funding your missions into the dungeon. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That's that's my uh, that's my that's my uh, that's my mo for the episode. <laughs> Super. Fun. Yeah. So this is uh, the Rinoka variations. It's a bonus track on the uh, soundtrack, actually. I think there's gonna be some payback from you one day. You're gonna come up with this ridiculous track that you learned about from like lunch break at work. <laughs> it's gonna be like, okay, I guess this makes sense. No, my I, I gotta tell you right now, my my. My favorite, like, unexpected find has been Bill's Tomato Game. That was a good the tune. Genesis. Matt Furness. I've never, this, I've never even heard of it. And suddenly it just showed up on my list. And I'm like, what's this thing? And, and it was incredible. But anyway, that's last week's episode. Check out last week's episode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, this is from Moonlighter, composed by David Fenn and Pablo Caballero.
This is Renuka, the Rhinoka, or Renoka? Renoka. Reno 911. Oka variations. The bonus track from Moonlighter, composed by David Fenn and Pablo Caballero. The funny part is, I don't even know where this comes from in the game because Moonlighter, the music, I don't, it's, it's great music, but it's one of those games where I feel like the music can be played almost anywhere in the game and it would fit. Yeah, it's the music, yeah, it's. It's designed in a way where it's not just super ambient, but like it, it does kind of fit everywhere in the game. The um, this is a bonus track, so it, we don't know really like if it was even included in the game. It, it might have been just a variation on another theme that it was just oh, it's too good to include it on the soundtrack. And I really like it. Like I, I just I was I've been listening to this all day today. It's just so nice. Actually, you might like Moonlighter the game too. It's fairly short. Yeah, it looks like fun. So like you're um like you're a, like a merchant. Yeah, you're a merchant who moves into a town, and you have to you open a business, but all of your merchandise is acquired from dungeon diving. So you yeah. dive in the dungeons, find goods, bring it up top, and you sell it. But the thing is, you set your own prices and try to gauge the market value of your stuff. I like that. And that, yeah. to me, is part of the fun. Like you'll have a ledger, and the ledger will have all the stuff you find, and it'll be like, I, I think it gives you like rarity levels, mm. so you can have an idea. It's like, okay, this is a rare product which means it should fetch a high price. But if the value of the product itself isn't in demand, then you'll have it priced high, but no one will buy it. <laughs> so now you're trying to like figure that out. If you price it too low, then people will jump on it and buy you out because they're like, oh, good deal. Take him out while he doesn't realize it. Like The other side of that is that one board game that, I, I, that you have that I love. It's um, Bargain Quest. Bargain Quest. I, is that... Is that- is that even is that hard to find now or how? I think it's gotten better because Renegade picked him up. Okay. But originally he self-published and it was that, really hard to get. That game is fantastic. Don't buy it because then you'll know, be another game I don't get to play anymore. <laughs> uh, oh me me no no our listeners should play it. Oh yes somehow somehow. Also the guy you created is a really cool dude so oh, he deserves gosh. that money. So like your your merchants selling like potions and armor and swords to people who are coming who are, to adventurers coming through your town. And then afterwards, they, they pick up all of their items from you, and then they fight. They fight moth boss monsters. Whether they win or lose doesn't matter so much, as long as you get enough money out of them. Yep. In some respects, you want them to lose. Yeah, you want you want them to lose so that they can keep fighting and get more money, or, <laughs> or, to, or, to, spe- or to spend more from you. Or if they're already broke, kill yeah. them all so that a new customer comes in. <laughs> I know. And like, some of them are so bad. There's the... Um, there's like the like the old rich guy who comes in who buys up everything but has no skill. Yep. So basically, he's just he's walking around with weapons he doesn't know how to use. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like you know he's gonna die, and so everyone's like racing to like sell him like bags of nothing, and he's like, yeah, I'll take it. It's a fantastic <laughs> oh, game. It's just I stopped the black idea. market expansion, which I never oh, got to use. Oh man, we got. You. I, I feel like that's one of the games I feel like I could just pick up and play anytime. If you're like, you want to play this game, I'm gonna say yes. I need to make a I'm list. So, I've never won. I'm so bad at it, but I just I think it's so funny and it's just so much fun. It's a fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic, game, and yeah. it can be played constantly. Like I feel like I need to make a roster of top games in my collection because I have realized I've started to gravitate towards certain games when I go to people's houses. Because yeah, right. There are games where I'm like, I want to play this, but I think it's too much for people that in this group that want to play. There's so games I won't bring that. There's games in your mind that you know are like these are the these are the winners. Like these are you know that every time you bring it out, it's chances are people are going to have a good time. Yep. Like what was it? I think. Was it? No, it wasn't. I went. To, I went to visit Matt mm-hmm. and like Chris from free former Rare Candy, um, a weekend or two ago. Oh yeah, and, uh, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I brought some board games then because like the idea was we were going to meet up to play board games that we never get to. 
And I was like, okay, trying to put the games in the bag. And I'm like, but wait a minute, who's going to be there? And I'm like, okay, they're not going to want to play this game. It's too heavy. So I took it out of the bag. This game is just like, I play Sushi Go Party. And I was like, this is an easy game to pick up and play, which means I finally opened my copy after like two years. Mm-hmm. It's finally open. <laughs> um, but I was like, yeah, I'll play Sushi Go Party. It's an easy game to pick I up that. Play. I bought that at uh, Retro World like three years ago. Yeah, and I was like, what are you and doing? You so I own mad. that. <laughs> Why are you buying it? Now I can't play my copy. Well, that was such a fun one. But it was fun to play yeah. up there, so it was worth it. But like, uh, I ended up having to pick and choose certain games, but I knew these are the games that I know are hits with almost anybody. They're All easy right. plays. So real quick, I'm sure that our listeners are loving this, but what, what did you guys play? We played Sushi Go Party, okay. which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We played... Simpsons Codenames, which they brought. Oh, that sounds, like, brought. that sounds good. It was fun. Yeah. I like it. It was funny enough. It really had you. Really had to, didn't need anything to do. You didn't have need any knowledge of the Simpsons. Yeah, it's code. It. It's code names. Yeah, that's. I a was great, expecting it to be like it, Simpsons it pic- from the was, show. Was it words or pictures? It was pictures, but you could play words on the Ooh, other side if you wanted. I like that. I like that. So it's a great. It's a great word game. And then what else did you play? Anything else? Or that was genuinely because we originally were going to. Oh, oh, oh we did play another game, but it was video. But I'll tell you about a second. So. Originally, we were going to just play lots of games, but we all hadn't seen each other in a while, so we were just like talking yeah, and catching yeah, up, yeah. and hours went by, and then that we happens. ordered dinner, and then after dinner, we played games, so by that point, it was like 9 o'clock. It was like, oh, we played Chocobo, Chocobo Party Up. Chocobo Party Up? Uh-huh. That's a board game? It's a Final Fantasy board game oh. starring Chocobos. Like, it's like, awesome. Not, it's not Chocobo Racing. Nope. <laughs> you are actually trying to... Find and befriend Chocobo and bring them back to your nest Ooh. while other players are doing the same and trying to steal your Chocobos from you. Oh, cool. And you can find like cards that have like summons, like, you know, like, like a white mage and a black mage and a golem and a carbuncle, I think it was. Oh, that sounds cool. I like Moogle. That. It was it was pretty fun. Was that one in your collection or, or? I don't own that one. That was Matt's. That was Matt's. And we ended up playing a video game that conveniently I got the review code for at the table. And I was like, well, I can only play this multiplayer local, but luckily uh, what was that? there's a bunch of people. It's called Hidden in Plain Sight, and it's great. It's like a big little mini game thing. Big little. <laughs> it's um, a big mini game. little mini game thing. And the idea is that you are... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let, let's talk about it after the next track, because this one's running a little long. Good call. All right, so what? what's your uh, final one? This is a tough choice, but... Um, I'm going to go with this track, and maybe I get the other one another time. So, this comes from the game The Ooze. Oh, okay. And the track title is called Waste Plant 3, which I guess is, again, didn't have officially named tracks. So, and it's composed by Howard Drossen. Okay, excellent.
Welcome back. You're listening to Waste Pant Waste Plant <laughs> Three from the game The Ooze, composed by Howard Drossen. First time I heard this track, I immediately felt I know who this I know who composed this. Oh the my sound gosh. is so distinct. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> waste pants. Waste pants three. Gotta buy more pants. Had to buy waste pants four. Space pants. Have you seen space pants? It's a space pants, baby. Yeah, I've been there. You've been, you've been there, baby. I've been to space pants. You've been pants. there, baby. Yeah, can't fit them. Right, so, uh, so, so anyway, anyway, this is the ooze. Yes, it is. It's and, game. But you, but you were playing this other game uh, last week with multiplayer. You were telling me about it. Oh, the hidden in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight. So the idea is that um, you there's a variety of little different mini games, but the one thing they all have in common is that you are an NPC nestled amongst a sea of other NPCs. Okay. And you are trying to not be found out. Oh. Like one mode is one where it's all like, so one person's one other person's trying to find you, or more. It's up to oh, four players. Cool. Now one mode is one where it's just a sea of NPCs. They're all the exact same NPC model, and they're all walking around a room. You have to figure out who amongst them you are, and then kill the other players, <laughs> or walk and touch one of five statues as many times as oh, possible within cool. three minutes. But every time once a player touches a statue, a ding goes off, which tells you someone's moving. Right. So, so you they, like so they look. It's like so couch co-op it's, or couch play is probably super fun because like, you're trying to like keep your face straight while you're like doing stuff. Yep. And also, like I, I remember one time, like we I was playing with Matt. And he accidentally hit a guy that wasn't me. And I was like, gotcha! And he's like, you can see his face like, oh, shoot. So now he's like trying to blend back in, like walking slow and stopping. <laughs> and I'm like, I know who you are now. You can't mix it. And he was trying hard. Oh, that's fine. So I waited till like the clock was almost done. And just like stabbed him. He was like, I was like, I've been following you the whole map. You didn't even know it was me. Oh, and so I just fun. killed you just for fun. Um... So you, a, you thought he got away, and you were like just stalking him. I'm just stalking him. Oh, that's that sounds cool. That's like the perfect opportunity to play that game too. It's so good. And there's oh. another mode called Death Race, where it's like 20 NPCs trying to run a race across to the finish line. <laughs> yeah. There's a button for walking and a button for running. And but in addition to the, just the normal racing element, everyone gets a gun with one bullet per <laughs> player in the game. What? So if you're playing as three other people, you get three bullets. Okay. The goal is to, again, not be found out as a human player. Because if you're found out, someone's going to move their crosshair and try to kill you. What? But if you're <laughs> smart about it, you can be not too far ahead, but not too far back, so that you have a chance to win. And one of the best things that happen in this game is when someone tries to shoot you, and they either shoot the wrong person or they miss, and then you just mash that run, but it's like, gotcha, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. And it just... It's, <laughs> it's hysterical, and you you oh. can't help but laugh while you play. It is so simple that anyone can play. It. It's I a love quick that. pick up and play. That sounds great. It's that sounds so really good. great. I oh. originally played that at a friend's house on Steam, yeah. but then when I pop, saw I pop up one of them, the Switch Store releasing this week, I jumped. I was like, "We gotta get this. We gotta get this." Because I want to tell people about it. It's so worth it. And luckily, the code came through. I was like, I want to play the heck out of it. Oh, the Switch is perfect for that. Yes, it you is. Because you, you, you can take it apart and have two little controllers that's what I like, did. right away. Yeah, that's, that's exactly great. what I yeah. did. I docked on this table, handed him one, and then eventually he's like, you want to just play it on my TV? I'm like, even better. But before that, we were able to just play it off the table. Mm. It's perfect. That's awesome. I love the Switch so much. Yeah, I, we've been thinking about getting one. You should. Yeah. It's. I mean, make sure there's a few games you want. There should be. I mean, I, make sure there's a few games you want. Zelda, the new, the newer, the new Zelda, which I guess isn't new anymore, is one that's been on my mind for a long time. 
and I feel like that's something we could like really enjoy together. Yeah. So I've, I've been thinking a lot about it. We we, we might. It's. I think you'd. Yeah. I honestly think you'd get more use out of that than the PS4. Oh yeah, I, th- I think so. Right. So this, I mean, I bought the PS4 for the Street Fighter. This is our tangents episode. <laughs> Not yet. We're, we 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 got to get a guest for that one. Honestly. Yeah, I know that would be a good. That would be a good thing to do. Maybe maybe we'll bring Chris on for that one. You might enjoy that. Actually, well, he might actually. I know Chris had a topic in mind. Oh okay. But is it ease again? <laughs> it wasn't ease. It was Gaiden games. Oh oh, that's right. Yeah, Gaiden games, which I thought was hilarious considering that Turbo City Gaiden is out there. I was like that would have been perfect. Yeah, that would perfect for Cam. But no, that, the last episode was. I think the topic was was a lot of fun. Yes, it yeah. was. All right. So, well, the track is over. So I'm going to turn this track all the way down, and we're going to get into our bonus round. Bonus. 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 Bonus round is where we play remixes and arrangements and covers on our theme and where I frantically change my tracks. Which he did. He did. I, I kept it within the same world. Which is hysterical. Sornok the Horgehog. Oh, Gorb. <laughs> oh, Gorb. Um, so this is Amy's Toxic Cave from Sonic Spinball, but remixed by Ben Briggs. Oh, yeah. Um, this is from Spin Dash, which was released by Game Chops. It's a compilation of great Sonic remixes, um, all compiled and mastered by DJ Cutman. So I, actually, I really, this is one of my favorite tracks off of the album. So enjoy.
That was Amy's Toxic Caves from Sonic Spinball. That one's arranged by Ben Briggs. And Clutch Selection. Clutch by Selection Rob. by Rob Nichols. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Well, we played the original um, Toxic Caves from Spinball a while back, uh, maybe a couple months ago. And every time I hear that song, I, I can only think of the remix because I'm more actually more familiar with this remix than I am the original song. Really? Which is really, I mean, it's really close to the original. That's, that bass line is just catchy. It's so catchy. Now you got me wondering if anyone's ever remixed the the Hot Furnace stage because that's my favorite track. Of that I mean, game. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I feel like every every song at this point has been remixed by um, by somebody. You'd be surprised. I come across a few. I'm like, how has this not been done yet? It's always saddening too. But it's nice to see like Spinball getting some getting some remix love in there. Yeah, that game. It's a great game, but it's also so frustrating. It is. The it's controls are just so weird. weird, so different. It's such a different game. Um, but yeah, I love that. Uh, ben Briggs is a fantastic um, artist. He's uh, his style. You know it, Tim, because of like those kind of funky keyboard solos. Funky like, keyboard Medina. Yeah, yeah. We ran into him at Magfest last year. And I was like, oh, I know you. And I was like trying to say like, hi. And you're like, Rob, don't just leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> just let him go. Don't <laughs> leave him be. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm just trying to say hi. And you're like, yeah, right, right, right. He's just like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm your biggest fan, Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what's your next track? <laughs> this comes from a remix. Honestly, this was one of those episodes where I was like, I know the game. I just need to find a good cover. Okay. And man, oh man. You found one. Yes, I did. Unfortunately, I, well, it's fortunately. Um, I'm going with the one that I know is easy, except, easy to access. Um, but this track is a remix from the NES game Toxic Crusaders. <laughs> it's the stage one remix theme composed by Creepu. Okay. Or Creepue. I don't know. Whichever. You're going to have to spell that for me later. Can do.
welcome back. Hope you enjoyed Wipe Them All to Death, the stage one <laughs> Tromaville. Hope you enjoyed Wipe Them All to Death for now. <laughs> Did you? That's the question. <laughs> From the game Toxic Crusaders, covered by Creepu, a person who I have not heard of until today, but I have been listening to his music all day. Because it's really, really good. That's fun, right? Like when like you're looking for you're looking for music for the show and then suddenly you find an artist you've never heard before. Mm-hmm. And you fall down this rabbit hole of like discovering all of this guy's music, you know. And the beautiful thing about the way we do our show with the topics and such is that it's usually a lot of times it's those underappreciated games covers mm-hmm. that end up filling the void. Like how many people have covered Toxic Crusaders? I've got a wager, not a ton. Yeah, how many people remember Toxic Crusaders, the video game? Like exactly. Like, and the funny thing about it is, like Toxic Crusaders, the property is still boggles my mind because for anybody who's old enough to remember the Toxic Avenger, which the Toxic Crusaders spawned from, was a a very weird, gross out movie that was not meant for kids by any sense of the word. No. So the fact that someone said, you know what we should do? Take this late teen, early adult, more so early adult movie, turn it into a children's cartoon show. And instead of being the Toxic Avenger, we'll call it the Toxic Crusaders and have a bunch of friends <laughs> and he'll be a hero. And then of course, from that spawned the NES video game, Toxic Crusaders. Mm. Um, Man, it's such a weird concept for a thing, but um, I feel like this is a a great print, a great thing for like a super fun <laughs> episode. Given that he himself was a person who was imbued super, as he wasn't given super, he just became stronger. He was a janitor who got dumped into a toxic waste mm-hmm. vat, yep. and he developed no powers. He just here's, became strong. Here's like one of the greatest overviews. It's on Wikipedia. I'll just read this real quick. So prior to Toxic Crusaders, cartoons based on R-rated films had been attempted by programs like Rambo. Um, but however, the content of the Toxic Adventure films was arguably more controversial than any of those, featuring strong sexual content mm-hmm. in addition to intense violence. Yes, it did. It was have created that. by the New York-based company Troma, which is a company is famous for super low budget classic films like Chopper Chicks and Zombie Town, The Class of Nukem High. I remember Nukem High. Sergeant Kabuki Man <laughs> and NYPD. The animated Toxic Crusaders departed significantly from its live action source. Oh yeah, um, that's just insane. Like that's an understatement. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> they departed. So he's still weird and grotesque, but like they're like they're fighting like bad guys, and it's so strange. It's so true, but it's also like a place in time where like uh, cartoons of that era were all about like Captain Planet and cleaning up the environment. Like that, that was a big this, thing. I was, I'm actually trying to wonder. Mm-hmm. I have to look into it again, but I'm wondering if that even what, what Toxic Crusaders ended up going for was like him fighting like eco villains. Yeah, or something. yeah. All the villains were polluters. Oh, cool. Yeah. Where are the toxic? Yeah, uh, from, they're from the planet Smogula. <laughs> what the Toxic Crusaders? No, that the, the, the villains. The villains are from Smogula. Oh, mercy. Smogula. <laughs> Drug Smogula. Right, so more information on our bonus round can be found at rhythmandpixels.com, where you have links to all their band camps and SoundClouds and YouTube pages. Sm- light up the smoke pipes and then misproducing the products <laughs> made in China. Smogula. <laughs> All 
right, thanks for joining us on episode 22-2 of Rhythm and Pixels Superfund. The Superfund. Another episode. I tell you, Rob's going to have to come up with one now. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's ever going to truly work, but I'm curious if he can come up with a topic the next where week, I will totally just screw up what he was inferred, what he was thinking about. Next week is arpeggios. <laughs> Done. But thinking about arpeggios is different because I can't misconstrue arpeggio. I no. just won't know what the heck uh, I'm looking for. All right, all right. I'll come up with something for next week. <laughs> I'll, uh, we'll come up, or, or we'll have a guest, but I'll come up with something for next week. Okay. Um, that sound, sound good? I think that's a great call. I think that's good. But I got to say, there, it's funny because not only did we have an episode where Chemical Plant was played, but we had an episode where Chemical Plant was played, but it wasn't the Chemical Plant. So technically, we still have yet to play Chemical Plant. So is that true? On the show. Wow. I guess that is true. Yeah, we didn't play the traditional version. We played the we Generations did. version. Oh. Well, if you want to hear Chemical Plant Zone... Email Purnell. <laughs> Specifically. And you can email him at <laughs> rhythmpixels at hotmail.com. If you want more information about our show and a full track listing and access to all of our episodes. And why we haven't played Chemical Poison. <laughs> all that information. Um, go to the website. Rhythmpixels.com. Um, um, actually, on our podcast feed, if you're listening to this on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or wherever, um, only the last 150 episodes are, are available. And That's that, amazing that we've gotten that far. Yeah, we have. T- this is episode 214. Did you ever total? see us getting that far? No, which is why I didn't have the foresight <laughs> to set this up properly. So if you want access to the... Eventually, I'll, I'll get them all up and working properly. But until then, you can go to the website and download them there. Uh, Spotify might have held on to them. We can get some... They, they do things their rhythm own. and pixels. Yeah, they do things. Yeah, right. I don't know if you want to go back. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> but they, Spotify seems to do things a little differently. So we lived in different houses. It's actually a great place to, cars, to, 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 to to listen to it because different you, jobs. Yeah, we had different diets. Different everything. Different everything. Multiple console generations. Mm. Yes, we've we've spanned generations. Soon yeah. we'll be in the PlayStation Five era. That's right. Then we'll have some. We have classic episodes and modern episodes. <laughs> um, you can also check us out on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. We have a uh, radio station that's playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts 24-7. And if you'd like to support the show extra, you can go to Patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. There you get access to um, prequel episodes and uh, once a week and then also once a month we do a live streamed episode recording um, which is always a lot of fun and what is our topic for our next live stream episode lucky jams the lucky jams so it's not lucky charms lucky jams lucky jams so think about that marmalade and if you would like to submit your track suggestions for that episode please let us know and we also like to thank all of our patreon members at the end of every episode and we'll start with our newest patreon member harold howard Thank you very much for your um, your patronage. Greetings, sir. Greetings. Um, and also, Dave Taylor is a new Patreon member. Thank you very much. Welcome, Dave Taylor. So we'd like also to thank uh, that Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Johan Perez, Reinhardt Zelkova, Andreas Merlberg, Dan Lafton. Thank you. Got you. Uh, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from 1UP Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, Brian Pitt, Chris Murray, who sent me, he's putting together trivia quizzes for our next Patreon episodes. Oh, friggin' mercy. Specifically for you. 
Oh, just God. for you. You know what? The payback's going to be. I was talking to him before too. <laughs> if this ever happens, it's going to be fun. He's going to. I figured out. It makes sense that he could be a guest specifically because he has the wine podcast. Yes, that he does in the whether the wine group he's been hosting and podcasting. So it'll be an interesting topic, like the, like wines you can pair with games. Oh, that's a good idea. Because we were talking about that before he did that, and I, now I it's had, like now I it's had a, a blog. Fit. I had a blog that I was doing that with just for fun, um, ages ago, like eight, like long time ago, um, and I never got very far with it because <laughs> it was just too much drinking. Um, also, thank Patreon member Buttsbo. Thank Hammock. Hammock from KVGM, the Last Wave. Very. Very chill, very smooth podcast. Feedback. I want to thank Bruce Irons from the Mad Gear. Um, he was on our episode last week, so that uh, was twenty one, no twenty two dash one. That was very good. Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy, another excellent podcast. Alexander Proudfoot, Davy Cakes, the Dude, Das Dude, the Last Recon, Bedroth, Kitsurito, Solace Sanctuary, Mix Six Master, Damian Beckles, Joe Vasallo, OK Impala, Chris Tinerson. Alex the Messenger, Messenger, host of The Messenger Presents a VGM Journey. And then David Smith. David As Smith. always, all of you, thank you very, very, very much for your continued support of our show. You are all wonderful, uh, yeah. glorious human yeah, beings. I'm having a good time. You're having a good time. I hope you enjoy the show. Please hope you enjoy the show. Yeah. And um One day I swear one day I'm gonna stream a game. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what that'll be. Yeah, we'll figure out a way to yeah, we gotta figure out a way to, 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 to carve out some extra time. Podcasting does take up a lot of time when you have like full time jobs and other goals. Oh yeah. So, but um, I do like the idea of streaming more more stuff with you. So. Especially if I win. Especially you. All, especially if especially, I win. Yeah. We have to stop playing competitive games. <laughs> Never. That's all the right. jam. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Have a safe week. And remember. Oh, this is the easiest one ever. Because this hits me in the right in the mean beam machine heart. Anyway, the point is, we only have one planet. The planet will go on well after we're not here. So while we are here, take freaking good care of it. It's not about, you know, the... Eco- I mean, it should be about eco-conservation and things of that nature. But even if it weren't, it's all about just making it about... Wanting to have a nice, clean place to do things, hang out, walk around, put junk in the trash, recycle when you can, reduce, reuse, recycle, all that beautiful stuff. Just don't be an eco-terrorist, minor or major. Be a good influence and impact on the world we live in.